أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله Alhamdulillah, by Allah's fadl, we've reached this last part of Sha'ban. Now it's only a few days left until the new moon of Ramadan is sighted. If a person wishes to have the official announcement brought to them as soon as possible, they can go to Chicago Hilal's website, uh, which is also uh, the official uh, timekeeper, calendar keeper for this masjid. And... Uh, also connected with a, uh, a network of, an established network of different Sharia councils in the United States that are committed to the preservation of the Sharia in general and in particular in noting when the new moon is sighted for every month out of the year, not only saving their energy for fights uh, uh, in Ramadan that end up uh, being more expressions of nationalism and politics than really anything having to do with the Sharia. So, if you want to have the announcement right away, you can go to chicagohilal.org or you can go to their Twitter page or their social media. Literally, once the Qarar, I'm actually a committee member if you go to the website. Uh, I don't ever recall signing up to be a committee member, but somehow or, or another through adverse propriety, I've become one. Uh, and so, I'm actually in the meeting physically present most times. And I can assure you, once the decision is made, it's made without delay or uh, undue wastage of time. Once it's made, it's updated to the website right away. This is the Sunnah of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who said, Alayhi Sallallahu Alaihi He said, fast, meaning begin Ramadan when it's cited, and open your fast, meaning celebrate the Eid al-Fitr when it's cited. And uh, uh, in a number of different narrations, in Ghumma Alaykum, in Ghubbi Alaykum, in Ghummi Alaykum, there's a number of different narrations. There's actually very few a hadith in which uh, the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, so many different narrations are narrated about the exact same thing. Most of the ahkam are built on one or two different narrations. There are very few things in the Sharia in, where you have it corroborated by so many different narrations. That if that moon is obscured to you uh, on, on the night after the 29th, uh, uh, then complete 30 days. And uh, this is a very simple thing. If a person finds it inconvenient, then nobody promised you that uh, Islam is going to be convenient. In fact, rather it seems to the opposite that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said, Allah inna sil'atallahi ghaliya, Allah inna sil'atallahi al-jannah, that indeed the merchandise of Allah Ta'ala is, is valuable, it's pricey. And indeed, the merchandise of Allah Ta'ala is Jannah. Even the person who wants to look at the hadith of Sahih Bukhari in which the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, in la yusr, inna yusr, kama qala salam, that indeed the deen is ease. Look in the canonical commentaries of that hadith and you will see that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that it's ease when compared to the legal dispensations of the people who came before us who had to go through uh, enormous difficulties. 
uh, enormous difficulties from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hukum and his command. And his command was filled with wisdom for them. And his command is filled with wisdom for us in the sense that he made it easier for us that we are the last ummah that comes before the end of time. And we're the ummah of his Habib sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Otherwise, Hafiz ibn Hajar himself says that it would be ridiculous for a person to think that in absolute terms the deen is going to be easy. Look for that announcement with the intention of following the sunnah. You're going to fast the month of Ramadan anyway. If it's clear outside, go look for the moon yourself. If it's not clear, go look for the moon yourself. This way you can participate in the sunnah and receive reward for yet another thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hid the excuses for his forgiveness in every turn and every corner. Allah ta'ala left for a person enough from ajr and thawab that they can be saved on the day of judgment around every corner. There's nothing more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then those who are most like him. Allah ta'ala says in his book, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورُ رَحِيمٌ He said, say, Ya Muhammad alaykum salam to the people, if you love Allah ta'ala, then follow me. The sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, any amount that a person can follow with it, that person is saved, that person will be saved on the day of judgment, they will attain salvation on the day of judgment. It's not something to be skipped, it's not something to be scoffed at, it's not something light. Rather, it will be heavy in the scale pans. You're going to fast anyway, you may as well look for these things, wait for these things, inshallah, like our forefathers before us did, like the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa before us did, and like the Anbiya alayhimu salatu before us did as well. Nobody receives anything except for if they plan for it. This month of Ramadan is coming. It's a time to change a person's self, change a person's life for the better. Every year as time goes by, every year as time passes, things become more and more difficult with regards to somebody's deen. As a person, the time of Risala, the age of revelation, passes and grows further and further away. The barakah and the madad of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam's presence in this ummah, which was Allah Ta'ala's greatest gift to all of creation, much less to this ummah. We become more and more distanced from it. We find more and more struggle in order to access it. You yourself read what's going on in the newspaper. You yourself know what's happening inside everybody's houses. You yourselves know what's happening in your phone. The phone tells you something about the world around you. It also tells you something about yourself as well. That those parents that, and elders that we ourselves grew up, that were yelling at us, you watch too much TV, you play too much, you do this, you do that, you do the other thing. We see that they themselves have now, many of them have become more mesmerized by the phone than we are ourselves. These are great challenges. A person needs great help in order to, in order to surmount them. As the years pass, we are less and less, in less and less of a position to be able to take this deen for granted, this Ramadan for granted. Don't expect the thing that you had access to spiritually last year is going to be here this year or the next year after it. Don't expect those scholars that were there from before are going to be there tomorrow. 
Don't expect those masajid that, that were open yesterday are going to be open tomorrow. We literally all saw it in front of our eyes. Islam was like cancelled in front of our eyes for like two years. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have taken precautions for the health and safety of people. But now in retrospect, we can talk about things because, you know, at the time we didn't know. So many people may have made mistakes with good intentions and many people may have actually done the right thing with bad intentions. Allah Ta'ala will sort it out on the Day of Judgment. It's not our job. We have a good opinion of everybody. But we see what happened. That at some point or another, mashallah, many of us, if not a majority of us, we're so scared. You remember they said, don't scratch your face, you're going to die. Like these types of weird things. We all fell victim to that. Hajj almost canceled for two, two years straight. Ramadan, Taraweeh canceled in the masajids for a year. Jumu'ah canceled for so long. These things happen right in front of our eyes. Don't take them for granted. Now we have data and statistics about all of this stuff. That even though no one mandates wearing a mask anymore, even though the lockdown has been over for a very long time, to the point where nations and economies are saying for the sake of the Lord, please start doing the same things you were doing before our economies are collapsing. The bill just to run the economies for the time of lockdown, we're paying it right now. Two major banks collapsed. A third one was on the verge of collapsing. Got pumped with money from a bunch of other banks so that their stock doesn't tumble when the third one collapses. It went up yesterday, it's down again today. Don't be surprised if you see it collapse in front of your eyes. Trust me, economic troubles and spiritual troubles are all troubles. They all affect us. One way or the other, they'll affect us in different ways, but they'll affect us. Don't take these things for granted. You have this Ramadan in front of you. Don't take it for granted that it will always be like this. The Ummah had so many blessings. At one time, they had sovereignty. They took it for granted, they don't have it anymore. They had suzerainty, hegemony over the world, they took it for granted, they don't have it anymore. Ilm took it for granted. Now people are taking their fatwas from TikTok. So many things we took for granted. The things that you have, they're precious. Protect them, guard them. Don't take them for granted. The way that a person increases in a blessing is by being thankful. The way a person loses a blessing is what? By not venerating it, by not honoring it. This Ramadan is coming. Put your phone away. Put your TV away. Put your music away. Is this a fatwa? Did I just give a fatwa saying that TV, music, internet, phone is haram? No. I'm not talking about any of those things. That's a discussion for a different time in different place. You can find your favorite mufti or your favorite TikTok star who you learn fiqh from. And talk to them about it. What am I saying? It's a distraction. Put it away. Make the intention, you'll put it away. So that the children, there are children in this masjid, they don't grow up thinking that the Ramadan, the last three Ramadans that they had is normal. Because Allah Ta'ala will replace us with them, and then He'll replace them with their children. Things change. Bukhara and Samarkand, where the books of fiqh and hadith used to be written, you can go to almost every restaurant and order a, a bottle of vodka now. Things change. Those places which were considered sacred and holy at one time, not so sacred, not so holy in the eyes of people anymore. Why? Because things change. Allah Ta'ala Himself told us this was going to happen in the Quran. Everyone has their turn. 
Everyone has their turn to be rich and everyone has their turn to be poor. Everybody has their turn to be in power. Everybody has their turn for slavery. Everybody has their turn to be famous. Everyone has their turn to be unknown. Everybody has their day that they're going to be happy. أحبب حبيبك هون ما عسى أن يكون بغيضك يوم ما وأبغض بغيضك هون ما عسى أن يكون حبيبك يوم ما Love the person you love with moderation. One day you may end up hating them. And hate the person you hate with moderation. One day you might end up loving them. This is happening and it's happening at a breakneck speed. We're at an inflection point right now. We're not at a, the flat part of the curve. Don't take it for granted. Don't waste it. Don't waste this taraweeh. Be careful what you eat and drink during your Ramadan. Why? Because this is an inflection point. When things are up in the air, when things are volatile, this is when fortunes are lost. It's also when fortunes are made as well. Look at the history of Islam. After heart-wrenching destruction, there was always someone from the Ummah that was able to get their act together and rebuild very quickly. And oftentimes that was because somebody who came from before them, while everybody was enjoying themselves, somebody from before was planning because they knew things were going to break apart one day. This is the mythal of the Ottoman Empire. This is the mythal, this is the, the, the mythal of the rebuilding of Central Asia. Sayfuddin Bakharzi in Bukhara, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. He told his disciples, he says, something is going to happen. Anybody who's not from Kharazm, go home. His Sheikh uh, uh, Najwuddin Kubra, he said, anyone who's not from Khurazm, where we live right now, go home. Those who are from Khurazm, I suggest you purchase a sword and purchase armor. These were dervishes. They're people who literally had no job. They used to read, write, and they used to make dhikr. That was their only important interest in life. The day the Mongols showed up to the gates of Khurazm, he walked out with his patched coat that he received from his sheikh. His staff inside of his hand. And he filled both of his pockets with rocks and he fought the Mongols until he was a shaheed in the path of Allah Ta'ala. From his disciples, Bakharzi, who was from Bukhara, he went back and he ordered him, whatever you do, whatever happens, this Bukhara, when it's destroyed, repopulate it. This was from the Kash. This was a miracle Allah Ta'ala gave Najmuddin Kubra that he saw that this was all going to happen before it happened. His own disciple said, Shaykh, make dua that Allah Ta'ala spare us from this thing that you told us is going to happen. He says, this is the hukum of Allah. It's coming down. It can't be avoided at this point. Bakharzi went back. Bukhara was killed. Everybody was killed. Everything. The only one building that was left standing in Bukhara was what? The minaret of the Masjid Qalan, the Jum'ah Masjid of Bukhara, the minaret, the Mongols kept it because it was so huge that it was a good lookout for a military post. Otherwise, every other building, except the Mazar of Ismail Sammani, which was buried underground, it was excavated later by the Russians. So they didn't know it existed. Every other building was destroyed, every other person was destroyed, was killed. He went back, pitched tent, and what did he do? How are you going to repopulate a city? You need a budget, you need people, you need power, you need all of this stuff. What did he do? He just pitched, he just pitched his tent and started reading hadith over there. And the villagers from the Atraf came. They repopulated the city. This was the work of the mashayikh that came from before. Read the history, read the history of Bukhara. Khaja Abdul Khaliq al-Jdawani. Before the fall of Bukhara to the Mongols. 
They moved to the outskirts. They trained their disciples. You guys are not going to be able to rely on the Oqaf anymore to pay you your salaries as scholars. You're all going to have to learn how to work. So when they would teach zikr to their students, what did they do? They taught them how to work. The point of all of these stories is not just to tell stories. The point of all of these stories is when you see you're at the brink, when you see you're at a precipice, there's an abyss on the other side. You can be a fool and keep moving forward and think you're not going to fall, or you can make an alternative plan. You can make a plan B and work for it. The mithal is there in the Quran. Sayyidina Nuh alayhi salam, Allah Ta'ala told him, that build this ark according to our exact details that we gave in our revelation. When the mushrikeen would pass by the ark, they would mock him. And he would say, if you mock us now, one day we're going to mock and laugh at you back. This is the Qur'an that we listen to in the Salat al-Taraweeh. It's in front of all of us. We all see it's happening in front of us. And maybe it's not going to be something as dramatic as one day comes and the entire world is flooded out. But brothers and sisters, things change. Things change. Things have effects. You cannot keep going toward the cliff and think you're not going to fall. If all of us don't fall, you know, at the same time, if we're in a single file line, we'll still fall one after the other. You have to make some sort of plan B, some sort of other plan. This Ramadan is madad from Allah Ta'ala. It is a supernatural and abnormal amount of help for those few Mubarak people inside the creation of the Lord and inside the Ummah of the Prophet Wasallam that wish to see something bigger than what's happening right now and what's today. Wish to see something bigger and more important than what other monkeys see. Monkeys say, oh, look, that's shiny. I like that. Oh, that tastes good, I like that. They can teach a monkey to smoke a cigarette. Those few Mubarak people from the creation of the Lord who can see something greater, something bigger than that, if you're one of them, may Allah Ta'ala make all of us from amongst them. Amin. Then don't worry what other, the other monkeys say or do. Make a plan. How am I going to get through this? And when the Lord offers you help, don't turn it down because it's not going to be there for you forever. Everybody has their shot in this life. And the person who has a plan, that person makes something out of it. The person who turns it down, they turn it down. Then afterward, they go in front of the Lord and say, If you just gave me a little bit more time, I would go back and do this and do that and do that. And the fun, fun, fact, fun fact is, they won't. Even if you gave them a hundred chances, they won't do it. Don't be one of those people, ask Allah Ta'ala for his mother. This is a great opportunity in front of us. This is a great opportunity in front of us. Then what happens afterward with us? What happens afterward with our community? What happens after with our children? All of it is going to flow according to the plan of Allah Ta'ala that's connected with the decisions that we make. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.